Winning Retirement Radio. We need to start out with the most serious topic. That's food, for me at least. There all is right, some... I'm, I'm down for that. See, we can all bond over food, but I don't know if I love this. I want to gauge you, Greg and Kristen. KFC is bringing back the double down. That's apparently two fried chicken fillets in place of bread, sandwiching bacon and cheese. Now, I didn't know this ever existed, but it's been on a 10-year hiatus, and I think it should probably head on back. <laughs> I, I Apparently, it sold out and was the hit when it came out before, and I can't do all that breaded chicken. I don't know. That just seems I'm like, a southern it sounds like it sounds like fair food to me. What do I you mean, hold it with? The paper? I don't know. I guess. You have I no know. bun? Not, you know, soak up the grease? I don't know. I mean, at the Ohio State Fair, they've got these... Uh, Burgers that are two glazed donuts with bacon in the middle. Now, see, I feel like at a fair, that's okay. Like that one time the whole family gets one just to have a bite and to taste it kind of thing, you know? All I, I can envision is Jaden, who's our our youngest. <laughs> he doesn't like touching the food, food part of his uh, food. So like when he eats pizza, he has to have like a napkin that holds the pizza. Otherwise, it just grosses him out that uh, he's got to touch his food. We don't really go to KFC as much because our older boys like canes. Mm. Oh, raising canes? Yes, yes. And, and we have three boys, and they're always raising cane, but not always have that Have you way. not seen me and my mama there? She is all about some raising <laughs> extra, canes. Extra sauce. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that sauce. For our listeners, if they're tuning in from the first time, it's clear that I have not always lived in the same place, and I ain't from around here. I'm originally <laughs> from the South. And Chick-fil-A is the Lord's chicken. I'm sorry. It just is because they're closed on Sunday. And Hallelujah. Thank you. It is so good. Have you seen the cauliflower sandwich they have? Yes. Yeah, so I saw an ad for that. I, I, it's I at my seen... Chick-fil-A. I've got to go try it. You guys have fried okra and stuff too, don't you? No, they Down tried. We have South? macaroni and cheese at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we have that. That is so good, the macaroni and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but the people at Chick-fil-A and Raising Canes, by the way, could run a lot of things in this country a lot more efficiently. They do a good That's job. That's true. <laughs> well, this year seemed off to a pretty good start for the stock market, but then volatility began in February. So what's on the way? Obviously, no one really knows, but according to a Yahoo Finance article, Morgan Stanley's chief investment officer says 2023's early rally was a bull trap. He predicts more pain ahead for investors, calling March a, quote, high-risk month for the bear market to resume. But for those that have already called it quits or are inching closer to retirement, I mean, guys, this prediction could not come at a worse time, but I don't know how much stock to put in it. Well, predictions, analysis or analytics or forecasting, all those things, we don't really know how the market's going to behave. We don't really have an idea. I mean, yes, there are signs that we can follow, and certainly investment strategists love to do that. They love to check all the different, uh, you know, we call it 21 different portions of the economy that they study to see how they think the market's going to react. But since the pandemic, I find that it's harder and harder for pundits to really figure out exactly what's going to happen mm -hmm. next. I've but seen a lot I, of them change course now that we've started a new year, too. Oh, for sure. But there's two emotions that we have to guard against. We have to guard against the emotion of greed. And we also have to guard against the emotion of fear, because mm -hmm. especially fear sometimes causes us to overreact mm -hmm. 
and maybe make decisions that aren't in our best interest. You know, it's easy to say, don't overreact, but it's harder to live. It's like when you're really upset about something or infuriated and somebody tells you to calm down. You're like, that's not going to help. And so the same with what you're saying, Greg. You can't just calm down those fears. No, you can't just calm down those fears. But but here's what you can do is you can try to guard against the two things that happen, either overreacting or being paralyzed. Yeah. Being paralyzed is in some ways just as bad as overreacting because then you don't allow yourself to do anything. You don't allow yourself to adjust. You don't allow yourself to have things checked out. You know, just like if you are really feeling bad, I mean, you're feeling bad and then you're worried that you're going to find out something really bad is wrong. And I've known people, even in our own family, that they felt terrible and they were afraid to go get things Mm -hmm. checked out Mm -hmm. to see how they were really feeling then there was no help for them because it went on so long that they were beyond getting help. So sometimes it's making the wrong decision, right? Because fear or greed can cause us to make the wrong decision. Kristen, have you ever heard that commercial or seen that commercial on TV where it's a group of uh, college kids and they're, they're out in this like country setting and it's the, like the chainsaw massacre guy in the background and they're like, what should we do? What should we do? Should we go to this running car and drive away or should we hide behind the chainsaws? <laughs> ah, let's hide behind the chainsaws, right? We make a bad <laughs> it decision. Was, it was the parody yeah, of, of the things that you shouldn't do like they mm. do in all the scary movies. Have you seen that commercial? I haven't. Well, you have to look it up. It's, it's actually very, very funny, but it's not funny in reality if we're making bad decisions. So, Part of the thing is, you know, we can't keep volatility from coming, but what we can do is plan so that it lessens its impact on our personal economy. And that's really what planning is all about. I mean, the markets are going to go up sometimes. In fact, just last week, I had a couple come in the office for the first time. He's like, okay, Greg, I need to know. I said, you need to know why? He said, is the market going up this year? Is the market going down this year? And I said, yes. <laughs> well, that's a helpful answer. I said, it's going to go up <laughs> this year and it's going to go down this year. I said, that's guaranteed because every single year, that's what the market does. Now, we like it when it goes up more than it goes down. We hate it when it goes down more than it goes up. Mm-hmm. But we can't predict what that's going to be. So the way we address it in our practice is dividing it up, right? I mean, so we want people to have some emergency money. We call that your sleep well at night account. We want you to have that, preferably a minimum of $50,000. But what we would really like is enough money to for any foreseeable thing you're going to need in the next one to five years. Okay. Okay, so have that set aside. Then we want you to have a good, solid strategy for income one that protects the amount of income that you need to live your day-to-day lifestyle. Just because you retire, folks, we don't want you to have to stop living. We want you to thrive in retirement. We want that to be a part of your life that's just, you know, where there's peace of mind, right? Mm -hmm. That's the part that's such a challenge sometimes. And then we want you to be able to grow what you have growing in the market and not be worrying to death when it's volatile. 
because since the history of the market, it's always been volatile, sometimes more volatile than others. I don't know if this year is going to be a bull market. I don't know if this year is going to be a bear market. I don't have an idea. But here's what I do know, that if you have a solid plan, then it won't keep you from being able to stay retired. Well, recently here at Legacy Retirement Group, our client services manager, Jessica, spoke to a couple that called in after hearing us here on the radio talk about the retirement tax analysis that our team can do at no cost. Yes, that is a real thing. And for these guys, they've worked diligently to save around a million dollars. So proud of them. And he'd like to retire at 65, but he's unsure what that's going to look like. So I naturally started wondering, gosh, taxes, people with large amounts of money, it does matter more. So does that mean that the million dollar mark makes being efficient with taxes in retirement more difficult than someone who maybe has $500,000? Well, I don't know that it makes it more or less difficult, but it's something that you need to be cognizant of. And I, you know, I don't know what Greg was going to say there, but the first thing that I think of when I hear about a 65-year-old that is at that point now of a million dollars in an account is, okay, what's that account going to be at age 73 when it's time to take a required minimum distribution, if that's a tax-qualified account? Let me just be very frank with my question. If someone only has $500,000, does this tax analysis matter as much? Well, you know, truly, if someone saved $300,000 or if they saved $400,000 or if they saved $500,000, we believe that it's important to be efficient no matter what level you've saved. I mean, okay. And let me just cut in and say there, it's also for the knowledge of where you're at. So whether you do anything about it, right, is one thing. Mm -hmm. But understanding where you're at and what it's going to look like for you is that piece that's really important. It's that conversation we had earlier in the show about knowing where you're at and not just sticking your head in the sand and, and figuring it out as you go. Correct. And we refer to many times in this show, Ed Slott, mm -hmm. who is a nationally known CPA, and he refers to IRA accounts and traditional 401k accounts and 403Bs and deferred comp. He refers to all those as a tax time bomb. Huh. And many times on the show, we'll talk about a family that came in that saved $2 million or $3 million or $5 million in their tax deferred accounts. And we'll bring that up because so often, uh, as you start seeing those larger and larger numbers, that tax bomb seems more like an atomic bomb mm. that's getting ready to go off because the taxes can be enormous. Okay. Huge, huge, huge amounts of taxes are going to owe. But recently we had a couple come in and they met with Brent, who's one of our other advisors here in the office, and they had saved $300,000. And they mentioned to Brent, they said, you know, we hear Greg and Kristen always talk about someone that saved a million or two million or three million does that mean that we don't have enough for you to help us? This is a great question. I'm glad we're getting just real honest and having this conversation. And Brent looked at them and said, you know, folks, as long as you've saved something, I mean, ultimately, it's hard to create a plan if someone's only saved maybe $50,000 or $60,000. It's just mm -hmm. really hard to diversify into a plan. True. But if someone saved two or $300,000, you know, Brent looked at him and said, look, with what you've saved, 
you've done a really good job. I mean, these these folks uh, were in the service industry. You know, they they were um, basically worked in that industry all their life, and and for them to save three hundred thousand dollars was a big deal. But it was all in four hundred one ks, and so Brent went through the whole process with them. Okay, what are we trying to achieve here? What do you need? Well, we're going to need an extra thousand dollars a month when we retire in two years. Okay. So we understand what you need for income. Now, what other things do you want to do? Well, we want to make sure that we're not going to outlive our money. That was a huge concern for them. Mm -hmm. And so Brent put together a plan for them and came back and said, okay, it's going to require, based on their ages and things, it's going to require a little over a hundred thousand, about $140,000 is going to go into your income plan. And that's going to generate the thousand dollars a month for you in two years. Okay. And now that left 160,000, he said, that's going to go in your growth bucket. And what we want to do is over the next two years, we want to convert that over to a Roth. And so based on their income level, they would still be with their deductions and things like that. They would still be primarily in the 12% tax bracket. Okay. So for them, this is going to be awesome. And All they their didn't have a million dollars, and it was beneficial to do this. It absolutely was beneficial. And they're, they're like, we don't want the government having their hands in our pockets. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you say $300,000, $400,000, or $4 million, do you trust the government down the road to do the best thing with your money? No. If you do, don't worry about it. <laughs> Did I answer fast enough? <laughs> <laughs> no question on how you think. So for me, it's not a matter of how much you saved. It's a matter of what are you trying to achieve? Are you concerned about being efficient with risk? Are you concerned about making sure you have an income plan that that gives you the confidence that you're not going to outlive your money in retirement? Are you concerned about being efficient with taxes? Has anybody really talked to you about health care and the possibilities there and whatever's left behind, making sure that your loved ones are taken care of, and it doesn't go to the attorneys or the court system through probate and all that stuff. Making sure that you have a complete retirement plan. And we put together a team that can deal specifically with your unique need, various levels, whether you've saved $5 million or whether you've saved $300,000, we have team members here to help you with your unique goals and your unique needs. But the thing of it is, Everybody has the same risks. We have tax risk. We have inflation risk. We have all these things. No matter how much you save, at least I sort of feel this way, we all want to be efficient. Connect now at winningretirementradio.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.